Anybody want to come listen to my neighbor vacuum? Woo! So fun. That sounds exciting. So thrilling. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Oh, microphone's not in my face. Hello. <laughs> I was going to say, Kathy's far away again. I was. <laughs> oh. I was feeling lonely. Sorry. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Stressed and tired, but that's Aww. okay. <laughs> Why? Why are you those things? Well, you know, it's like a confluence of things. Mm. Specifically, at the moment, I went to go pick up my car, as you know. Yes, because you uh, sent me a lovely picture. Yes. <laughs> They've had my car at the mechanics for almost two weeks, full weeks now, and they have not had time in, to really dig into the problem again. And also, yeah, because one, it's a weird problem. I think I've mentioned it before. Demon true. locks. But still, two weeks and they hadn't gotten to it, though? That well, sounds like a bad mechanic. The second part is that they, uh, I think, more than half their staff have been out sick this week. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So, that's, yeah. There's that. Right. So right. I, I, I was generally content to just leave it there till they're done. However, I have possibly a vet appointment in the morning, depending on what the weather does today, tonight. Yeah. So I needed the car to schlep the cats. Yeah. Good times. So I picked it up, and then I was like, well, while I have my car, I should get my cats some food they don't hate. <laughs> and also that I, because I walked to a place and literally the only f cat food they had there was some, like, froofy $18 bag Ugh. of food that my cats are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to stop and shop. And they had, like, no cat food either. Really? So I went to Petco. Which they have, you know, cat food, just not a ton yeah. everywhere in an abundance all the time. Are people panic buying all the cat food now because we're supposed to get a small snowstorm? That, I think it's not that. The cat or... food aisles have been pretty empty for a few weeks, at least. Oh, that stinks. We get chewy shipments, so we don't typically shop in, in the yeah. store for pet food anymore, thankfully. I usually, I have chewy too, but I've been supplementing mm. because... Yeah, you have different dietary issues. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like whatever I can get Pepper to eat, I will yeah. buy. Right, and I don't know until I buy it if she'll mm -hmm. eat it. So I went there. The panic buying at Stop and Shop was bananas. I it, I think it was mixed with the people who just Ugh. got out of work crowd. Oh uh, yeah, it's not even supposed to snow that much, but I guess we've only got like what twenty percent of the the plowers that we would normally have because everyone's out sick yeah, or something like that. Something so. like that. Yeah. Also, uh, maybe people are just excited for snow, and so they're doing their, their ritual panic buying. Yeah, this is much later than we... Well, we te te technically had one oh, yeah, I dusting, so. like, a couple months back, <laughs> but this is late for us to be getting our first, like, real snow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> How are Good you? times. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. I've had a busy couple days, but it's been, like... The kind of busy where you're getting a bunch of stuff done that's been on your to-do list like forever so you feel good and accomplished even though I'm really tired from all of the stuff that's I've been amazing. doing. That's amazing. 
Yeah, it's been great. It's mostly just been like cleaning and organizing and stuff around my apartment that I have not had time or energy to deal with during the semester. But that's been bugging me because I spend a lot of time at home. But I'm like, you know, I, I can either be prepping for my classes right now or I can be cleaning out the spare bedroom. And obviously prepping for classes was always coming first. But yeah, but yeah I've been getting yeah. lots done and it feels good. Hooray! Um, do I sound okay? Because speaking of moving things around again, my Christmas decorations are back down and once again in my closet with me. But also I finally got around to putting back up all of the soundproofing that I accidentally knocked down when I was taking the Christmas decorations out. Yeah. You sound great. Oh, good. Yeah. And I also left a little bit more of the closet open for myself, so I would feel a little less claustrophobic in here also. So I was hoping that wouldn't make it too echoey. No, not at all. Echoey. Echoey. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, I'm sorry you're having a shitty day. That's okay. It's just it's just like compounded with all of the yeah. stuff with the landlord and <laughs> oh yeah yeah you've got yeah extra new landlord issues <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's annoying it's so stupid that's very annoying everything is so stupid <laughs> i agree i agree one of the methods i'm using to maintain a pretty decent mood is to not read the news and to ignore everything terrible that's happening out in the world so it's working relatively well for me except that that doesn't really help with the seasonal affective disorder and the two weeks of gray that we've had but i think that it would be even worse if i was also reading the news on top of the two weeks of gray that we've had so and the and the short short days that we've been having also so it's been really gray i was it has last what was it last week when i was off of work it's like three days in i'm like where's the sun <laughs> yeah well yeah we've had one day of sun what in the happened? last two weeks yeah. yeah it's just been gray and i like the cold it rained a couple times but mostly it was just dreary <laughs> it just doesn't need to be gray <laughs> like yeah it can be cold right. and sunny yeah but it, instead it's been warm and dreary <laughs> yes even i'm not liking this because it just makes my existential dread about global warming feel <laughs> that much worse when i'm outside in december in a, like a t-shirt because it's 55 and I'm walking yeah. my dogs. I'm like, I like kind of like this, but also I hate it and this is depressing. <laughs> Ugh. Yes. Speaking of yeah. depressing things. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today, Kathy? <laughs> today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 10, Forever, Forever in a Day. <laughs> We sure are. <laughs> we sure are. Yep. Yep. Here we go. Do you want to start or do you want me to? You know, now looking at the booklet again and our description <laughs> last week, it's not that bad. I, For some reason, I think I just misremembered the episode a little bit. Yeah. It's not quite as spoilery because I guess the stuff that they said ha- does happen earlier yeah. on than I was remembering. Me too. But, oh well. It's still fine. I'm fine. I mean, I could go back and put it back in, but I it's, don't want to do that. No, you don't need to do that. I'm like three quarters of the way done yeah, with don't the editing. Do that. that would be a pain in the ass. Yes. <laughs> Not needed. Do you want to start? <laughs> sure. I know you asked that like 10 minutes ago or something. Oh, that's fine. They are on a planet. We don't know which planet just yet. SG-1, as well as some other SG soldiers, are sneaking around. We see a dead Jaffa on the ground, and they head up to a wooden pen. They set some explosives up on the pen, and I was wondering why, because it looked like it was held together pretty shoddily (laughs) with some string, so they could have just cut that, but no, they like explosives, so they blew the door off (laughs) to free all the people. 
And then we find out that Kasuf is in there. So I don't know if this is Abydos, but probably looks pretty deserty. Could know. be. Who knows? They never yeah. say, really. Yeah. No, they don't. Kasuf is very pleased to see Daniel, or good son as he calls him. Kasuf tells Daniel that they took the boy. <laughs> Daniel says, the boy. <laughs> You know, I spent so long trying to find exactly where that drop is in the show, and I never could. Uh, and I'm not going to steal it from someone else's podcast, but I want that drop. You could probably easier just go to one of the podcast episodes. I know, yeah, but yeah, yeah but I, I'm yeah. not going to do that, but I would, lo- I would love to. <laughs> anyway, Kazoof is talking about the son of his daughter. He's been taken, the the kid. Jack's like, come on, we gotta go. We can't just be dawdling around here talking. Daniel asks Kasuf who took him, and Kasuf points up on a hill, and there's a woman standing outside a tent, so Daniel heads up that way. Battle continues between the rest of SG-1, the other SG people, and the Jaffa. Daniel makes it up to the tent and finds out that it is Share, or Eminet, or both, really, technically. But she also has some Jaffa with her. One comes out of the tent... And Daniel shoots him. And then another one comes out of the tent and thankfully has really bad aim and manages to shoot right in front of Daniel's feet, even though he's like maybe 10 feet away. He was so clumsy and awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Tilk was right there with Daniel. So he shot that second Jaffa that came out. Eminette heads into the tent and then so does Daniel. We see the battlefield again and Carter and Sam... Carter, why do I keep doing that? Carter and Sam are the same person. <laughs> Sam and Jack, or Carter and O'Neill, either one. <laughs> but no, my brain wants to say Carter and Sam. Continue to battle. A ton of Jaffa come pouring up over a hill, and I was wondering where the hell all these people came from, because supposedly Apophis had, like, no supporters left, and Aminette is tied in with Apophis, so... Yeah, what's she up to? Right, who the hell are these guys and what has she been doing? So their battle continues inside the tent. Daniel is trying to talk to Share through Eminette, but she is not recognizing him. Daniel's asking for the boy. She says that he's where the system lords will never find him. So regardless of who she's identifying as at the moment, she wants to protect the kid either way. She brings out a sparkle bling and starts to sparkle bling him in the face. He tries to aim his gun at her, but is unsuccessful. He seems surprisingly not in pain, though, for the amount of agony that we've seen most other people in when they're sparkle blinged. Maybe he's just getting desensitized to it because he's been sparkle blinged so many times. Maybe, although I was getting <laughs> tired of looking at his like straining face throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah, they went back and forth a lot, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Daniel is pleading with Share to fight it, but Aminette says that Share can't help him. Teal'c enters the tent and aims his staff weapon at Aminette, looks down at Daniel at what's going on, and that's it. Yeah. That was that scene. It that was. was the, the opener. I liked the uh, slow mo there toward, at the end. Mm. Yeah. It was suspense building. Yeah. Not so often they use slow motion poorly. Yeah. (laughs) We've talked about it a few times, but it was actually effective this time. (laughs) Often it just comes across as ridiculous, but here it worked. Yeah. 
Daniel slowly wakes up while Dr. Fraser is shining a light in his eye. His vision's blurry for a moment or two, maybe three. <laughs> I don't know. But eventually it clears and he can see that the rest of the team and Hammond are also there. And he apparently doesn't need glasses anymore because his vision is completely clear? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the view that we're supposed to be seeing from his vantage point showed That's true. Images. That's true. I don't know. He still wears glasses later. Yeah, so maybe he wears them, like, for safety reasons. Could be. Maybe he just likes how they look and they're, like, his style. Although he's had trouble seeing before when he didn't have them on. Hmm. It's like his sneezing, you know. It comes and goes. (laughs) Does it for attention, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Sneezes and wears glasses for attention. (laughs) So Daniel asks what happened because he's not sure. Sam tells him they were on, apparently, PAX873. I feel like if they were on Abydos, they would have said that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They were freeing Abydonians, yes. she specified. But yes. yeah, you're right, I think. Somehow, though, Kasuf managed to get word to them, maybe before even they actually got captured. Who knows? But anyway, they sent for SG-1, so they they went. Daniel remembers Share was there. And then Jack... Delivers some very unpleasant news that she's dead. Yep. Teal'c tells him the other awful truth that he was the one who fired upon Share because he was trying to save Daniel's life. And in fact, it did save Daniel's life. He looked so sad. He did. Coconut was also upset and is (laughs) barking and growling at the door. (laughs) Because she was also so sad doing this. She's very fond of Share. Yeah, she loves Share. <laughs> Her favorite character. <laughs> I'm like, that's weird, Coconut. She's like, I like what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel is just like, no. And he's like, they've got sarcophagus. They'll put her in a sarcophagus. She's out there alive somewhere. The others kind of look at each other like, which I realize now I say that, you can't actually see my face while I'm doing that. But I feel <laughs> like you were making the sound effect. Yeah. So hopefully that conveyed what my face would look like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all picture. Yeah. <laughs> actually, now all I'm picturing is Tina from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> uh... I haven't seen it. Uh, it's a funny show. I like it. <laughs> Daniel wants to know what these looks are about. And Heaven turns to Dr. Fraser and asks if Daniel can leave the infirmary. And she says yes. She'll arrange for a wheelchair. And they'll have to keep his drip in, which I assume was his IV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, yeah. J- Daniel, no, no. Jack and Teal. <laughs> We're good with names so today. Good. <laughs> I'm nowhere on my screen right now does it even say Daniel's name. <laughs> Daniel, no. Go us. Oh my God. Jack and Teal'c <laughs> offer to take him wherever they're going to go outside the infirmary. In the hall, they've got Daniel in a wheelchair with his IV drip. <laughs> they meet up with Kasuf. 
And he says that it's a sad day for them all. Daniel is confused, but Daniel talking down to Kasuf, as he so often does, which I hate, tells Kasuf, no, I know it's hard for you to understand, but the demon inside your daughter will help her rise again. Kasuf looks all excited for a minute, and then Jack's like, no, not so much. They keep wheeling Daniel down, where there is clearly a body laying under a sheet on the table. You would really think they should have given him a little bit of warning about where they were going yeah. and what they were doing here. But they didn't. They lift the sheet. Yeah, but it's like a yeah. room full of bodies with sheets over them. So do they have a morgue? Oh, really? I hadn't. I would imagine they've got to have a morgue, but yeah. I didn't even notice the other bodies. Yeah, there, so. were, there were background sheets. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. They just came from a battle. I still feel like they should have warned him about who yes. he was about to yes. see in the morgue even if they, he knew where he was going. So anyway, they pull back the sheet. And as you've probably all figured by now, it was Sheree under there looking quite gray and deceased. Daniel is, of course, very upset now and wants to know why they would just leave her behind rather than trying to save her. And Jack says that because there were no they left, they won the battle and there was no one left to take her to any place where there would be a sarcophagus. Winning battles, yeah. 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 That made me wonder what the statute of limitations on a sarcophagus is. Like, if they were able to somehow manage to get a sarcophagus, like, how late is too late to put somebody in and revive them after they've died? I don't think we ever get that, but I was wondering. They probably can't go much beyond mostly dead, right? <laughs> Likely so. <laughs> Likely so. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Jack says that at least the good news is that they managed to save most of the Abaddonians. And Kasuf adds that they are very grateful for that. Daniel is, of course, pissed now at Tilk. Says that he would have gotten through to Share if only he had waited longer. They go back and forth a bit. Essentially, everybody is saying that Tilk made the right decision. And Tilk is very sorry, but says that he would do it again if he had to because Daniel's his friend and he needed to save Daniel's life. Daniel is having none of that, though. So Tilk leaves and respects Daniel's wish to basically be left alone. Yes. Yep. They put Daniel back in the infirmary. So he's in his bed, staring at a pen. (laughs) Why? Well, let's find out. Sam comes in, and she brought him some awesome chocolate walnut cookies he loves so much and i put in awesome because they clearly think they're awesome but nuts and baked goods make you a monster (laughs) i will still eat baked goods with nuts in them but i greatly prefer them without them cookies is probably the closest i can get i would i might Mm -hmm. try i might eat a cookie with nuts in it but anything softer than that no i'll eat banana nut bread still but i prefer banana bread without nuts me too Anyway, apparently Daniel likes his walnuts, <laughs> but he doesn't chow down yet. He's instead asks Sam if she's ever really studied a pen before. I used to take them apart during class all the time when I was bored and then put them back together repeatedly. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I might have been a little OCD when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it was just a symptom of my as of yet undiagnosed ADD. I don't know. <laughs> ADHD, I guess, technically, but yeah. What did you do before they let us use pens in school? Back in the elementary pencil days. Bite the pencil? Ah, gotcha. (laughs) I would chew on the pencil and bite off the eraser. All right. (laughs) Can't put that back together, though. Nope, sure can't. (laughs) Sure can't. Daniel 
tells Sam that he's spent his life studying the written word, including how different cultures record things through the ages. From hammers and chisels to quills and ink. <laughs> but he's never stopped to, you know, really think about a pen before. Yeah, well, take it apart, put it back together, and yeah. you get it. But, you know, now he's thinking about it because he's thinking about how Charé used to watch him writing in his journal and thought the pen was magic. He talks about her like she's a child and it grossed me out. I know. (laughs) He's like, this pen was such a wonder to her. The simplest things were a wonder. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So that was icky. But I'm going to cut him slack because his wife just died. I guess. I guess. I mean, we don't have to cut him any slack because he's not real, but anyway. (laughs) Very good point. Yeah. (laughs) Ha ha, you're not real, Daniel. (laughs) Nope. And he's, you know, he's saying that they couldn't save her even with all these wonders they have at their disposal, like a pen. (laughs) Life saving pens. Yeah. Sam is looking at him so full of empathy. She's clearly hurting for her friend. Yeah. And I just, oh, she's so good. I love her. She is. Yeah. yeah. Daniel decides he's going to get some sleep. So Sam lets him be. And then Daniel shuts his eyes. And suddenly we are getting a flash again of Eminette sparkle blinging him. And then we hear... Sharae, say, hear me, Danielle. Hard cut. Hard cut. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Back in the infirmary, Daniel is waking up again, and this time Sharae is sitting with him. So that's a surprise. Fraser comes over and asks how he feels, and Daniel says that he's confused. She asks him some questions. He apparently does know who he is and when his birthday is, but he's confused as to why Sharae is there and that she is not dead. Kasuf comes in. And says that he and their people have SG-1 to thank for still being alive. Daniel asks what happens. And Tilk says that when he found Daniel being sparkle-blinged by Aminette, he fired, but did not actually manage to kill her. And that they were able to save her and take her to the Tok'ra. And they were able to remove her hagfish. And now everything's great. Woo. Yeah. So Daniel figures, all right, I guess I was dreaming before when I thought she had died. Everybody decides to leave and give Sharae and Daniel a little time to themselves. Sam says she's glad that Daniel's okay. Jack clarifies to Fraser he's going to be okay. Fraser's like, oh yeah, he's going to be great. So they leave. <laughs> Daniel and Sharae continue to talk, but Sharae cuts Daniel off and says that she's really only there to tell him about the boy. Daniel asks, what about him? And then Sharae gets sucked away into the vastness of time and space. I don't know. She gets, like, vacuumed backwards. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Still in the infirmary, Daniel wakes up again. He asks for Sharae, and Dr. Fraser's like, uh, uh, we haven't taken her body back to Abydos, if that's what you mean. But that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get some new scenery now in Hammond's office. Daniel comes in. Hammond's glad to see that he's back up on his feet, but 
Daniel has some bad news. He's there with his letter of resignation. This time it's just a little letter in an envelope instead of like a whole manifesto like the last time he tried to quit and threw like a huge stack of papers on Hammond's desk. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> Hammond isn't going to accept Daniel's resignation, but Daniel reminds him that he's not military and it's a free country. Last he checked anyway. Hammond says that he's making rash decisions and should take a little bit of time to really think about it. But Daniel says, nope, I was only here to save my wife and I can't save her. So don't need to be here anymore. In Daniel's nerd lab, he's (laughs) packing up. He's got a vase with a bunch of skulls on it. He's wrapping up and putting in a box along with some books with post-it notes sticking out of them, which is okay because they're his own books. (laughs) Don't put post-it books in (laughs) post-it notes in books that you do not own this has been your library psa do people really return books to the library with post-it notes post-it notes uh index tabs they handwrite things they dog ear things seriously people are library book monsters yeah i mean like even if you want to put post-it notes on it like you can easily remove them but oh they could remove them though occasionally if somebody returns a lot of books with a lot of post-it notes i will make them do it themselves good you should (laughs) that's so obnoxious we used to email people and be like don't do this but yeah my rule of thumb is if it takes me longer to send the email than it does to remove the post-it notes i just take the post-it notes out that's fair that's a good rule of thumb i think but that's still obnoxious that people are doing that. Super obnoxious. I don't know why that surprises me, but... Yeah. I, uh... Anyway, so he's got some books he's packing up along with his skull vase. And Jack comes in to see him. And Jack says, you should meet the new guy that is going to be on our team. But Daniel already knows him. His name is Robert Rothman. And he was apparently Daniel's research assistant while he was doing his dissertation. And then Daniel's like, smart guy, had a good teacher. Er, er, er. So Daniel knows this guy. Jack says geek. And Daniel's like, yeah, you used to call me that. And Jack's like, I'm still talking about you. So he's kind of looking around, asking casually, like, how long are we going to be stuck with this guy? How long are you going to be gone? And Daniel's like, but I quit. Jack's like, yeah, I know, but you're not going to be able to stay away. And... Daniel's like, no, really, I'm going, never coming back. Jack tells him, give it a week, you'll miss me. And Daniel's like, no, yes, all the salty, bad-tempered insults, illogical arguments. And Jack's like, well, okay, you'll miss Teal'kin Carter. And Daniel's like, I'll miss Carter. That's sad. Quite. Yeah. (laughs) And Jack's like, but there's the excitement, the new cultures, blah, 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 blah. Daniel's like, no, I've only ever thought about getting Shari back, really, this whole time. That's all it's been about. I feel like Jack's got a really good point, though, because if Daniel was really dedicated to the science, he would not be able to walk away from it's true. what they're doing. I, I mean, it's clearly grief talking here. And, true. But, That's true. Yeah. And also, I don't think they did enough. I mean, it's been three seasons now, or we're in our third season of this show, and I don't know if they've done enough to kind of keep Shari in the foreground as a motivation for Daniel. Right. Agree. Because he has no hope now of finding his wife, he can't keep doing this. Jack tries one more thing. The SGC is the single most important human endeavor for the future of mankind. 
How about that? And Daniel's like, well, it'll go on without me. So they're both making points. Out in the hallway, Daniel is heading towards the elevator and he runs into Tilk. He asks Tilk to move out of the way, but Tilk asks if there is not some form of human ritual where he can ask formally for forgiveness. And Daniel says no and leaves. And it made me sad. It was sad. Yes, quite. Daniel's got a new apartment, which makes sense because they thought he was dead and gave away all his things before. So he needed a new place to live. So we're in Daniel's apartment and it is not the same one that he had before. I noticed there were no fish this time either. Hopefully they were taken care of and didn't just all die. Soldiers are helping to bring in some of Daniel's things, all the random tchotchkes he was keeping in his office, I guess. Yeah, was that all his personal stuff? He just brought to, I, brought to work? <laughs> I always I bring my vase of skulls everywhere oh, yeah. I go. Absolutely. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. Sam and Jack are there. Apparently, they're helping with some of the moving of tchotchkes also. <laughs> He's got so many things <laughs> that he was keeping there. They're basically awkwardly parting ways, and Sam asks if they're ever going to see him again, and... Daniel is like, yes, at the funeral. Now I have lots to do. Does he? So they start to leave, but Sam asks if she can have one last hug, and he allows it. Jack lingers behind for a second and shakes Daniel's hand and then also hugs Daniel and says, it's been a pleasure doing business with you, Dr. Jackson. And they leave. Aw. Yeah. Then we start to get a shot of Daniel's bedroom and then in the midst of that there's a hard cut to commercial where we come back and watch the camera pan up from the bottom of the bed the rest of the way up to Daniel sleeping. This comforter looked really familiar to me. I actually thought it might have been you but if you didn't think it was familiar looking then clearly it wasn't. I won't lie I watched this on my phone today (laughs) so it was a little dark. Fair. I had to I had to type on my laptop, so I needed gotcha. to watch it on my phone. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's not how I normally do things, guys. But now that you say that, I can think kind of think of it, and I might have had like a maroon paisley yeah. comforter. Yeah, yeah, I totally did. Yeah, I wonder what I did with that. <laughs> it's either at my mom's or it's in the trash. Fair. Didn't your waterbed like pop at some point? Did it get all wet and gross and get thrown out? <laughs> I think I had it after that because I think I remember, oh, okay. maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like I remember seeing pictures of it after that when we were oh, in college. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, don't be a slob and have a messy room and then let your waterbed get a hole in it. <laughs> Life advice. Life lessons from yes. Kathy. <laughs> I used to be so jealous of you and your waterbed. <laughs> my dad was like, no, you can't have one because you live on the second floor. You're, you live on the second floor. My bedroom was on the second floor. I, I lived in the house like a normal kid. <laughs> you were an upstairs child. But yes, I was an upstairs child. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to have a waterbed. That's at least the reason he gave me. Hey, at least you had a Mickey Mouse phone. I did have that Mickey Mouse yep. phone. It's yeah. true. And then when I got older, I had a killer whale phone, which was Hell even yeah. more awesome. So anyway, <laughs> Daniel's, <laughs> Daniel's in bed. 
sleeping. And then we see another shot of Eminette sparkle-blinging him with him straining. They're really milking that scene for all it's worth sure in this are. And then we hear Shari again tell Daniel to hear her. Hear me, Daniel. So Daniel wakes up. Turns on a light and look, Share. Or no, I don't think he turned on a light. A light turns on. She turned it on. Share is there. And surprise. yeah, surprise. Peek-a-boo. <laughs> surprise, wife. So <laughs> she asks Daniel if he's ill. It's challenging when that yes. happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I have a wife <laughs> in bed with me. Okay. <laughs> Nobody expects a wife. <laughs> Jeff's like, holy shit, when did you get married to a lady? I'm like, I don't know, but she's here now. <laughs> so, yeah. So she's there. She asks Daniel if he's ill, and he's like, apparently. And then she tells him just to go back to sleep. Tomorrow you are going to wake up and return to your travels through the Chapai. And Daniel's like, no, I won't. He probably didn't say it like that. <laughs> I think he probably did, though. He's like, <laughs> I don't remember. I, yeah. He said, I don't need to. I've already found you. But she says he needs to continue so he can find the boy. <laughs> Doesn't he have a name? <laughs> maybe. Maybe none of them know it. Should we just assume it's Wesley? <laughs> we can just call him Wesley. Yeah. She also elaborates that in order to continue on, he needs to forgive Teal'c first. He did the right thing. Daniel's like, uh, when he killed you. And she says, yes. Daniel's like, but you're here. And she says, yes. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> she tells him to... Go back to sleep. She rubs not the right word. No, she strokes his face. Yeah. Gives him a kiss. <laughs> he starts to go back to sleep, but then it's dark and he's alone and awake in bed all by himself. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a great scene. His bed looked really neat for someone who was sleeping in it. Yeah. I guess he doesn't move at yeah. all when he sleeps. Yeah. That's the opposite of me. <laughs> yeah, agree. I can never get comfortable, and I toss and turn pretty much all night, and it's yep. annoying. It sucks. Yep. Yep. Sure does. Yep. Next, we are back on Abydos at the funeral for Share. She's wrapped in traditional Egyptian mummy style and laying in a grave. Daniel alternates between speaking in English and speaking Egyptian and essentially says... A, a prayer for the dead, asking for forgiveness for Share, saying that she wasn't responsible for the terrible things that were done while her body was possessed with the demon. And asking that she be granted a place in the blessed dwelling of the afterlife. They place a feather on a scale to represent the weighing of her heart against that feather. And this scene made no sense because the scale did not move at all, even though Daniel touched the scale itself when he put the feather on it. And then also it was super windy and the feather didn't blow away. So there's no way that it would be able to stay there without being weighted down with something. Yeah. But the, the scales stayed balanced. <laughs> Almost like they were symbolic ceremonial scales. Yes. Real scales. So their takeaway is that her soul is light and that she is going to join God in the afterlife. Most people walk away. Daniel and Kasuf are left behind and 
Daniel tells Goodfather that it was a beautiful ceremony. <laughs> and I was wondering if he was complimenting himself here, because the only part of the ceremony we saw was him well, giving his speech on behalf of her. Kasuf was giving, wasn't he giving like a sing-songy prayer at the beginning? I must have missed that somehow. <laughs> All right. That makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> Kasuf says that his heart is still burdened because Daniel still has not heard Share, and that what she has to say is important to everybody's future and he needs to go to her he points up the hill Daniel heads that way and finds Share. she turns around and tells Daniel that he needs to forgive Tilk and then together he and Tilk need to go and find the boy and I was wondering what happened to her accent I don't yeah. know I did notice <laughs> it was it's completely gone she was no longer saying Danielle yep <laughs> Weird. I guess maybe she adopted his ability to speak fluent English now that she lives in his brain. Oh, maybe. That that could be, oh, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Kasif comes back and explains that the boy is a Hersissus, which we have talked about in our bonus episodes. And that is the child of two Gwauld hosts. And apparently they are born with all of the secrets of the Gwauld themselves without actually having a hagfish possessing them. How is that a thing? Anyway, <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't make sense, but okay. Yep. Yeah. They talk about genetic memory, essentially, and genetic memory in this sense is not real. Although I find it fascinating that methylation, which is the pattern of like, which essentially is the pattern of like, which genes are turned on and turned off, actually can be inherited. And for a long time, we didn't think methylation was passed on, but apparently it is. But probably no one other than me cares about that. Anyway. I care deeply. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> know tell I us cared. why you're yawning. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I'm yawning because I'm, uh, I can't, I don't know. I'm tired. I toss and turn all night. Um. Yeah, I didn't know I cared, but now I care. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's the I'm most glad. important thing in my life. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to be. <laughs> anyway, they got to find the kid. Shari's sparkle blinging him again because they're using that same scene once again. And we hear Shari's voice saying, hear me, Daniel. And... That's the scene. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel is in his apartment and he wakes up, grabs the phone, calls someone, asks to speak to Major Carter. It's very convenient that he can still get through to the SGC so easily. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm. He knows all the secret numbers. <laughs> he does. The unlisted phone numbers. Meanwhile, or elsewhere, later, there we go. <laughs> Later, we're in the gate room. The team, SG... I'm going to say SG-1 because they are a whole team. Yeah. SG-1 is coming home through the gate. And Daniel has been replaced with the Robert Rothman. (laughs) And he also wears glasses. So, you know, they just traded him for another standard nerd. The people I'll be working with, what they like. Standard nerds! Yeah. And... They see Daniel is there with Hammond, and they're pretty happy to see him. Daniel says he needs to talk to Sam alone. General, er, general. <laughs> Jack says to the general that he also. Daniel's missed a lot while yeah. he was gone. General O'Neill, huh? General O'Neill. 
But instead, O'Neill addresses the general. Oh. <laughs> and looks at the new guy and is like, I need to talk to you alone, too. <laughs> they head off. Daniel yep. asks Robert how things are going. And he's like, uh, I think they'd rather have you, especially Colonel O'Neill. And Jack, the... Jack, oh my god, why do I keep doing that? <laughs> And then Daniel says, well, don't, like, Jack get to you. He's just by you because you're way smarter than he is. Was this condescending or is he he being sincere here? I'm not sure. And the way that the kid, the guy reacted, it seemed like he wasn't sure either. Yeah. It was uh, confusing what Daniel was trying to convey. But, yep. Anyway, he heads out. Teal goes to... Talk to Daniel. Says it's good to see you. Well, Daniel Jackson. (laughs) And he starts to walk away as well. And then we get another weird cut right here. Yep. In the middle of a scene. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's where that goes. Daniel tells Tilk that he did the right thing. Tilk nods and walks away. Then Daniel asks Sam if she can tell him a little bit more about how the sparkle bling works. And he's like, it's powered by your mind, right? So that would mean it's possible to put your thoughts into someone else's head while you're using it. She's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Why? I have no idea. That doesn't really seem to make sense to me. But they decide that it does. So it must be possible then that while Aminette was sparkle-blinging Daniel, Charay was sneaking in there and telepathically sending him a message. You're my death That... (laughs) That's their story, and they're sticking yep. to it. <laughs> yep. Sure. Yeah, that's essentially the gist of that scene. Yeah. yeah. It's a longer conversation, but yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Daniel leaves. Yeah. And he apparently goes back to his apartment, because he walks in to find Jack and Kasuf sitting in his living room, waiting for him. Jack's playing with something that looks a little shiny. Couldn't tell what it was. <laughs> that's very important. Quite. Yeah. Daniel's very concerned about how they got in there while Jack's just trying to be conversational. So he tells him he needs a new lock. Shouldn't Daniel have noticed that when he was you entering his apartment so. and presumably having to unlock it? I would have thought. <laughs> wouldn't he be like, oh, hey, my, my lock's yeah. broken. <laughs> but the reason they're there actually is because Suf wants to talk to Daniel. He is concerned that about Daniel's leaving the SGC because his presence with them gives the people of Abydos great security that he is out there protecting them from the gods. But Daniel repeats, he was there to find Share. Can't find Share because she's dead because we already found her because she's dead. That's not why she's dead. And he's done with all that. But Kasuf says, my daughter wants you to travel among the gods. And Daniel's like, uh-huh. So you can find the boy, Kasuf says. How do you know that? Daniel asks. And he says, Shari told me. And you should go ask her yourself. So he gestures. And Daniel hesitates a moment, but then he goes and opens a door in the apartment. And suddenly he's on the same planet, P whatever planet they were on where (laughs) she died. There we go. 
And the tent is there, and Charay is there, and she gestures for him to come with her. So he follows her to the tent. We get the sparkle bling. She says, come to me, Daniel, instead of um, hear me, me, Daniel. But it's the sparkle blinging again. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel wakes up in his apartment again. Then back in Cheyenne Mountain, Tilk is meditating, surrounded by candles as always. And seriously, I want to know how long it takes him to light all of those candles and then blow them out later. So many candles. Yeah. Daniel's standing in the doorway and asks if he's interrupting. Clearly you are. (laughs) But doesn't matter. Tilk says that it's good to see him. And Daniel comes in and asks what would happen if two Guawuld did have a child together. Tilk says that it is completely forbidden and punishable by death. This is actually where we learn that about the genetic memory that is supposedly written into the DNA of the Hersesis and passed on. And yeah, that really wouldn't make any sense that... Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Apparently these children are hunted down and destroyed whenever possible. So that would mean that Shari's child... Eminette's child, whoever's child we want to consider it to be, would be in a ton of danger because the kid would know everything that the Gua would know. Daniel starts to leave, and before he goes, Tilk tells him that it pleases him greatly that Daniel Jackson, once again, values his knowledge, and then Daniel leaves. Yeah. Yep. There, there was a moment in that scene where Tilk responded to Daniel and just said, yes, Daniel, and I was like... Oh, he, I missed that. He, wh- like, he didn't say Jackson. What's going yeah. on? That's it was weird. weird. Yeah. Even with my transcript in front of me, I still managed to miss that. So weird. Yeah. Great. I'm not typically reading the transcript right. while I'm watching the episode. <laughs> I'm just taking notes on it as I go. Yeah. <laughs> then we're off to Hammond's office. Jack is complaining about Rothman. He's, you know, got two left feet and slowing everyone down. And then Daniel comes in and... <laughs> Hi, Coconut. <laughs> she's like where's Sheree <laughs> Daniel's like well actually Rothman was a two time decathlon champion in college Jack's not sure about that Hammond's like okay Jack whatever <laughs> Daniel's like trying to get him out of your union unit union did I say union <laughs> unit you did. yes and Jack says yes I want him out of there Daniel asks Hammond, what are the chances of that happening? And Hammond said, it would only happen if you reconsider. And Daniel's like, cool, I'll reconsider. Jack's pretty pleased. Quite. But then it catches up to him what he said. (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) And Daniel said, yeah, yeah, I'm back. He's given it some thought. He'd like to come back. And at this point, I was like, god damn it. I hope Hammond didn't fill out a bunch of paperwork. (laughs) <laughs> then he is going to have to do more paperwork to get him back in. But it turns out, in fact, that Hammond was like, maybe I won't file this yet. Daniel tells Jack he changed his mind because there's something through the Stargate I still have to be the one to find. Which was kind of weird. Why couldn't he tell any of I them? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they all seem to have to the information just in different bits. Well, Jack doesn't yeah. have any of it, but like Tilk knows about the Harseses and yeah. Sam knows about this sparkle bling question. Right. Yeah. So Daniel's back on the team. Yep. Yeah. Down in the gate room, SG three quarters is getting ready for a mission. Rothman is putting eye drops 
into his eyes. So I guess the implication is that all anthropologists have allergies. Jack comes in and tells Rothman that he's done. They go back and forth a little bit because Rothman wants to know why. And Jack just keeps giving him evasive answers. You've been reassigned to another unit. Why? Okay, you're being replaced. Why? Because I'm intimidated by your intelligence. Where's the confusion here? Why not just tell him the truth? That made no sense to me. He was a super a-hole in this. Yeah. (laughs) He was just being such a dick. He really was, for no apparent reason. Yep. Yeah. So then Daniel comes in, making it clear why Rothman is being replaced, because, of course, Daniel is coming back and taking his job back. Tilk says, Daniel Jackson, you're rejoining SG-1. And everybody is happy. So they dial out. And the original SG-1 goes through the gate again. Yay! Woo! They go through a gate onto a planet where life is very pink. The trees are pink. The grass is pink. Everything's pretty pink. It's light red. Mm -hmm. It's very pretty. Quite. Jack starts giving orders. You know, they got to do their thing. And... He's sort of walking off while he's talking, and Daniel's like, so you want me to look for little signs of civilization, since there's no big signs, apparently, on this planet? Itsy-bitsy artifacts. (laughs) (laughs) Which was weird. (laughs) Jack, yeah, Jack wanders off, and then suddenly we hear the gate open, and Daniel runs up and jumps through. We didn't even hear him dial out, though. So at first, I thought the event horizon coming in, I was like, I thought so, too. kill himself? (laughs) I know, me too! (laughs) Like, wait a minute, what? I don't remember him being dead for the rest of the series. They could not figure out where he's gone, though, because Sam could not get a look at the address on the DHD. Yeah. Also, like, seriously, why would he not have told any of them what he was planning? Because he knows he can trust them. He's, I don't know. He's grieving. I don't know. I'm just going to put this in the, his wife just died pass that daniel's sure. getting this episode all right fair <laughs> back on the planet that Eminet died on whatever p planet <laughs> that we can't remember <laughs> daniel heads up to the tent that is still there and is looking around the room and sees a black mark on the floor where she was shot which why that would be there i have no idea it was also weird <laughs> yeah maybe they mark the spot where they pulled the dead from i don't know Ooh, yeah <laughs> could weird. be could be yep Shari is there, alive again, and says, Daniel, you're finally here. You're the only one that can save Wesley. Hooray. Daniel's like, yes, he's a hersesis, and therefore we need to save him. Shari tells Daniel that Aminette took the, the people from Abydos as a show just so that she could get the kid back. And that the kid is now in hiding with her closest aide. And apparently the name of the planet or the location, or whatever it is, is Keb. I knew a Keb once. No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Daniel is familiar with this place. There's a reference that he's read that says it's a mythical place where Osiris hid from Seth, but that Keb is supposed to be a myth, and Shari says, nope, it's not. He asks her where it is, but she doesn't tell him. She just asks him to promise that she'll save the kid. Daniel promises... And they kiss, and then once again, we are back in that scene where Aminette has the ribbon device. Tilk is there this time, so we're back to the expanded scene that we got all the way back in the beginning of the episode. Tilk fires, Aminette falls to the ground, 
the glow fades from her eyes and Sharae, presumably, tells Daniel that she loves him. Tilk kneels down beside the two of them and is clearly distraught over what's just happened. He apologizes to Daniel, but Daniel said, you did the right thing. Then Sam and Carter come in. Sam and Carter? Really? God damn it. <laughs> then Sam then Sam and Jack come in. Tilk says that Daniel Jackson's okay, but they see what has happened to Sharae. And we end the episode with Daniel telling her that he loves her too. That is it. I actually would probably have let myself cry at the end of this if I weren't <laughs> sitting in public while I was watching it. Aww. Because <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah. It was sad. Yeah. Now that we've already mentioned at the beginning that this was a depressing episode, <laughs> did you like this depressing episode, Kathy? I don't know. Some people like sad things. I'm not one of them. I Did you? I'm not like, yay, this was so fun. But I think I liked it. <laughs> I think that Michael Shanks was doing a good job of expressing his grief. <laughs> and I actually thought it was... I liked the way he kind of like jumped back and forth between these... like almost different realities it seems mm-hmm. like and it was confusing though like where where he ended up sometimes and why like did, did Kasu, was Kasuf ever really there like yeah I don't know who knows yeah we don't really know like obviously he wasn't in Daniel's apartment but was he he couldn't have been I, anyway I, I just couldn't he, wasn't he on the base was he still on the base I assume he went back to know. Avidos after the funeral or stayed there yeah. Anyway, I just kind of liked the way it was it was done, I guess. <laughs> this <Okay>. is so vague. <laughs> but I, I didn't enjoy it, but I think I appreciated yeah. it. Fair. How about you? I actually didn't like it, pretty much for the reasons that you said that you did. <laughs> uh, I agree with Daniel doing a good job, or, or Michael Shanks doing a good job with the episode, but I actually really don't like episodes when a character doesn't know what's reality and therefore the person watching also can't tell what's supposed to be like canonical storyline or what's just in the person's head. I hate that. It stresses me oh, out. Okay. So I didn't like any of that part okay. of the episode. Well, I, I mean, I now I'm thinking about it too. Like, did any of that actually happen since we yeah, end up I don't with... know. I don't, I don't think it did. Yeah. Like by the end, I think the takeaway is supposed to be that the entire episode was in Daniel's head. Yeah. But we don't really know so yeah yeah so i guess so but if it's in daniel's head how could like teal bust out fun facts about harcesis and daniel actually know them i don't know but yeah well, did he or did Share put that in his head he could have yeah put that whole storyline in his head somehow yeah. like that was his brain's way of interpreting whatever she was telling him yeah yeah i don't know it leaves us with lots of questions and I'm sure some people will like that, but I do not enjoy it. <laughs> I was I was okay with the the question marks. I mean, yeah. obviously we're probably gonna at some point find this Harcesis. Just guessing yeah. here, but you know, I have enough question marks in the rest of my life. I like to have <laughs> periods at the end of sentences <laughs> in my entertainment. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but also I didn't really like. You know, they spent like two and a half seasons kind of ignoring this story arc of Share and Aminette and like they, they talk about her like in a couple episodes here and there but like you were saying before like she had this whole big long story arc that they just didn't really pay attention to and to me it just felt like they got kind of sick of dealing with it and trying to figure out what to do with it so they're just like eh, let's just end it here uh, and we'll just take her out in this one episode her story arc felt really anticlimactic here that's true and 
even though I've complained that I didn't really like her character in the show as much as in the movie, I still felt like they like were doing the character an injustice and in just taking her out so quickly. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else, I don't know what else would, anyway, it does. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I don't know how they could have handled it better, but that's also why I'm not a what do you, writer what do you, for a show. Yeah. I guess we'll probably never know what Eminette was up to though. Like, why is right. she hiding this child? Like, yeah, that's something else I would have liked to know more of what was going on with her did she, this whole time. Yeah. Does she actually feel affection for the child or does she want to hide it, the child away in order to use the child against the rest yeah. of the gold yeah it seems like it could be affection but it also could just be a power play since the ghoul aren't supposed to really have any real feelings but yeah then we find out when apophis was supposedly dying that maybe he did actually have real feelings for her so yeah i guess they can yeah I, yeah then last but not least i didn't like the point of contention between daniel and teal'c and the fact that now teal'c is the one that's killed his wife even though daniel's like seemingly forgiven him for it yeah, that might come uh, up. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that. And um, you know, even like the whole thing about like not knowing what was real and what was not as a viewer aside, it just seemed so torturous to me for Daniel to like keep having visions of his wife, only to then lose her all over again. That just that also stressed me out and just seemed awful. But then, did you even have those visions? Because this all happened in like a snap of the finger. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. More questions. Forever in a day. <laughs> I've talked a lot about why I didn't like it. That took me way longer to explain than I thought it would, but those are my thoughts. Nice. Oh, well, I kept interrupting you, too. It's true, bitch. I know. I'm a monster. <laughs> what are we watching next? And I hope it is better. I hope so, too. Let me uh, have a look here. Boop, boop. Doo, doo, doo. Ugh, my neighbor's vacuuming. At least it's not midnight. <laughs> um, that is good. I can't uh, hear it. Yeah. You're, yeah. Oh, okay. The next, <laughs> sorry, the next episode, the next episode we'll be watching is Stargate SG-1, season three, episode 11, past and present. SG-1 travels to a planet whose inhab- inhabitants, whose inhabitants have all have amnesia. They have no memory of their lives and report that their elders and children are missing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know why you're saying oh I yeah. <laughs> I also remember this. That is from the Netflix. Ironically, this episode about amnesia. Yes. <laughs> from the booklet, SG1 encounters an entire planet suffering from amnesia. The planet's leader, a woman named Kira, returns to Earth with SG1 to find a cure. But even as Kira and Daniel devel- develop a mutual attraction, that's awfully fast. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, booklet. We'll see if that's wow. a really a thing. I think I remember it being a oh. thing, though. And also thinking, wow, that's fast. Okay. Well, SG-1 suspects she may not be who she appears to be. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe so that you can get our episodes when they're released every other Monday. Or you can get our episodes even sooner if you subscribe to us on Patreon patreon.com slash stargazing you can also find us on youtube reviews and likes are very much appreciated because we're still trying to grow this podcast and help as many people find it as possible word of mouth is also great for helping people do that if you'd like to get in touch with us you can email us at stargazing at gmail.com you can find us on twitter and instagram 
And you can, of course, check out our website and contact us there at stargeatsing.space. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargeatsing, the end. The end. I ran into my boss at Stop and Shop, and they were out of chicken, she told me. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, I guess you're not going to have any chicken. Good thing I don't shop for real, and I just buy myself things like microwave popcorn and hot cocoa, and that's my diet right now. That's a pretty great diet. I had, oh, I had Skittles and beer for lunch. (laughs) Nice. Talk about good diets. (laughs) Nice.